Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I'm your co-host, Kieran LeFebvre, joined by the one, the only, the great, the powerful, Adam Charles. That's me. What's up? Episode 44 in the house. Yeet. 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 Skirt. <laughs> skirt. Yeet. Skirt. <laughs> Episode 44. We are talking about blue belt tests. What to know, how to pass your blue belt test, how to prepare for your blue belt test, how to study and how to know if you're ready. And why you should even do a blue belt test. Should there be testing? Yeah. Testing general. You know. Um, besides that, hello, what's going on, man? Mm. Well, I saw some coffee beans. Oh, yeah. Last episode, you were out of coffee. Yeah. Now we have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Story over. Yeah. Everything comes full That's circle. That's a wrap. That's a yep. shit dit. Shit um, dit right there. Yeah. You and your dits. Mm. For people who didn't listen to the Navy episode, dit is a Navy term for essentially an anecdote. I yeah. Guess. Story. Yeah. 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 Um, we haven't spoken about this yet, but in two days' time, I am off for surgery. Yeah. Yeah. We have. How have we not mentioned that yet? Well, I guess go. the surgery was only confirmed like last week, but um, yeah. So you, um, oh, I was gonna make a joke, and I'm like, no. I was, not. I was <laughs> hoping you would. Well, no, not that joke. <laughs> anyway, about, the surgery that you're getting about the penis enlargement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> no, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting some pecs put in. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was abs or both. <laughs> tight, tight. Well, or if glutes. You, no. If, <laughs> Pecs. By default, the bigger your pecs are, the smaller your gut looks. So I'm just going pecs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If your gut is bigger than your pecs, well, okay. Oh, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> you look down. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm off for another surgery. I just get one once a year just for fun. Mm. It's uh, a quality nap, you know. It's, mm. it's just worth it, you know. it's Everyone knows sleep's super important for your recovery. Yeah. Get a nap. It's a force nap as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Count backwards from 10. 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, whenever I do, I've, I've uh, gone under um, general a couple times, general anesthetic, and they do that counting thing and I play a game to just like fight it for as long as possible. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, You're just, not going to catch yeah, me. You, you can't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I... I think I got down to one once or something like that, and then I started talking gibberish or something, yeah. and then and then I was out. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you go under for? Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, oh, let's not talk about. Yeah, it. he doesn't talk about what his surgeries were for. <laughs> now, uh, who had the penis enlargement? Remove gyno? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Some, something to do with my butt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something got stuck uh. somewhere. <laughs> Look, I was in the Navy. That's all you need to know. (laughs) 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 Some emergency rectal. (laughs) Rubber chicken something. God. Yeah, no, so I am not going in for that one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I've got uh, bone spurs in my left elbow. If you don't know what a bone spur is, um, it's essentially like – where you've had lots of wear on the joint and your body has thought, hey, I better grow some extra bone to deal with this mm. stupid body. So now there's like extra bone. Like I guess you could think of it like like calluses on your hands, but it's bone yeah. in the joint. And, it's uh, good on your fingers, but yeah, on your bones. Yeah, and unlike the calluses on your fingers, it doesn't just go away, mm. right? Uh, so that bone is now there impeding the joint uh so the mobility 
the mobility is actually the thing that I care the least about. I can almost fully lock out my left elbow, yeah. more or less. Compressing it is way worse. Yeah, I, I, I can't, can't even I can't even touch my shoulder. If any, if Kieran makes a good clip of this on the camera, <laughs> I can't even like I can't even you know <laughs> like head shoulders are oh. <laughs> singing with Atlas. You know I can't literally like if you think you're yeah, singing that shoulders, song, hang shoulders, knees and toes. I can't even touch my shoulder, <laughs> my left side. Wow. I feel so retarded. Yeah. But um, you look pretty manky. Yeah. But that just actually bothers me the least. Obviously, actually, it's quite bad in a role. If I think if like that frame collapsed, it would hurt a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it also it also hurts. You know, like all my forearm, my bicep, my tricep, like my I guess what you would call like your elbow pit or like mm. the, the the face of my elbow. Man, sometimes feels like my bicep's going to detach from the elbow, Yeah, you know? Um, and that's because there's this extra bone in the joint that when the, the forearm bone and the, the upper arm bone want to move together in the joint, like they can't. So uh, they go in and shave back the excess bone. Cause if you don't, the risk is that like bits of bone will start breaking off and then you have bone fragments in your elbow. And then if they get into a nerve or something, that can be a problem. So they go in and they shave back the excess bone and like clean it all out. And what's uh, it like keyhole surgery? It's keyhole surgery. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm so impressed by like keyhole surgery these days. Hey, dude, you can get amazing, something like hey. that, right? And then if you know, obviously you're going to be in a sling for a while, or whatever, or even like your your you know a keyhole surgery on your knees, you can be pretty much walking around. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Even when like when I had my appendix out, you know, I remember my dad saying like when he had his out, it was back when they, they just cut you fully open, mm. you know, whereas even now that's keyhole, right? I, yeah. I think if your appendix bursts, that they open you up, yeah. but you know, otherwise it's all keyhole. Man, even a C-section nowadays is keyhole. (laughs) 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 Baby's like, ah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so they go, they're going in to to clean all that out. And, um, you know, hopefully that gives me, mobility back and um, um, I'm told as well it's one of those surgeries that you have to be quite diligent with your rehab because if you don't the like you'll actually lose range in the joint you know so you can't like they I they said that post-surgery the sling is just for comfort they want you getting not back to normal activities as in like yeah I'll go do some push-ups and shit but they want you getting range back in the joint quite quickly after the surgery i mean obviously i haven't re- received my post surgery rehab program yet but yeah it's uh it's not like if you break a bone and they're like well no don't move that shit it's in a cast it needs to be immobilized mm. for 6 weeks you so want blood going to it you want it moving around yeah and do your rehab yeah so um cool i've got to do that uh how does that injury happen you may ask well it's just years of wear and tear on the joint, it's essentially years of hyperextension and compression on the joint. The oh, surgeon and frames, baby. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of my questions was, "Oh, is it then going to come back?" And he said, "Yeah, but you know, come back like over a decade." Okay, cool. You know? So it's not going to be like growing back in like oh, a year or a something. Year, yeah. yeah. I mean, shouldn't be. And yeah, so actually, I didn't ask him specifically if it's going to, regardless of hyperextension and compression, if it's going to grow back over a decade on its own anyway, because the body is already going, you know, 
the body is already thinking it needs to grow this bone to repair mm. the, the issue or if it's only going to grow back if I continue to like hyperextend and compress it. I'm not sure. If it's the latter, then I'm not really concerned at all because I'm not 20 years old anymore competing all the time and mm. getting my arm hyperextended and compressed all the time. So, you know, I'd be fine. If it's just going to grow back over a decade regardless, then I guess I'll have the surgery again in a decade, right? Like – um one of those things, man. Which then he said there's, it's a bit rougher the second time around. But, you know, good news is that he said the cartilage looks really good in the joint. So I've got everything else, like all my ligaments and tendons, everything besides the bone spurs um, and some inflammation in the joint, everything looks really good. So hopefully it recovers quite quick. We're at the middle of November as we're recording. I think this episode comes out right before Christmas. So yeah. I would have already be quite you know a month into my rehab but you know having the surgery mid-november hopefully come the new year this whole year 2021 has pretty much been a write-off because yeah. of lockdown here in sydney but hopefully i can then hit 2022 like almost not quite 100 percent come january 1st but you know i'm already will be six weeks post-surgery will be getting pretty close to rolling i would hope you know they say it's two months the rehab so, uh, so we'll see, mm. you know, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be a good nap. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good little sleep. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, what I got going on, bro. What sick. About, what about you? Last episode, you cauliflower ear still St sucks. Still there. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was about an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shh, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nope. Still there. Still hurts. Um, she'll be right. She'll buff out. Fuck it. You know, yeah, she'll buff out. I yeah, haven't heard that in she'll so out, long. Man. Don't worry about it. Just buff her out. But bluebell blue test. test. Hey, jinx. <laughs> bluebell test. What do you reckon? You're you're Waste a supporter. Are you a supporter of the belt tests? Not all gyms do belt tests, right? Oh, a lot of them right. do. Some of them do it in different formats. Some of them, you know, your belt test is in front of the whole class, and you pretty much get Shark Tank for the like, you know, a whole session. Uh, some of them, I believe, are private. Some of them are, you know, in a group or whatever. Um, so, yeah, talk to us about what your thoughts are on belt tests, whether they should be implemented, what the benefits are, some risks. Yeah. Shoot. So I, I believe belt tests are a good thing. I, I typically will belt test for blue, purple, and brown and not for black right? Because there's black belts, just something else, you know, it's, it's something special. And by the time you're getting to the point where I'm awarding you a black belt, you know, I, I don't need you to do a test, right? You would have already, you know, it's something very special, something super personal that at least for me as someone who doesn't have 200 black belts under me, like it's still, it's very personal. So it's like something you know, how many rather, black belts do you have under you? I wonder if I can. Well, I mean, this comes out in December, man. I, I guess I, I guess <laughs> I, I guess I could mention it. So, like, it's you know, in four days' time. In the future, it? yeah, in the future. I mean, it'll be the past by time mm. by the time people listen to this. But I guess I can say it now because you already know. And uh, yeah, so I'm yeah giving out my first black belt this weekend uh, to our good man uh, Joey. So Joey will be my first black belt. Um, I'm excited to to give him his first black belt. And 
yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. You know, I, I wonder if any of my students will be listening to this episode and they'll be like, "I was there, bro." <laughs> 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 but yeah, it, it, it's gonna be cool, and um, you know, I think it's something special. Was special for me, and you know, I hope it's special for Joey. And even this is special for me too because it's giving out my first black belt. You know, yeah. so I'll definitely always remember like who was my first black belt. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so that's so that's. So he really maybe cool. Joey opens the door right now. He's like, "I fucking knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it!" <laughs> Burst out of like the my kitchen or something, wearing no pants. Like, ah, oh, I got you. Um, so he's your he's gonna be your first black belt. Um, I wonder who's gonna be your first white to black belt because you have yeah, that's true. Because yeah, Joey, I didn't give you know <laughs> blue, purple, or brown belt to. Mm. He started training with me as a brown belt. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a longer period mm. of time, right? Because it's huge. anything can the, happen. I mean, I more or less follow the, the IBJJF regulations. Mm. Uh, I look at them as guidelines for, for the belts, I guess. Uh, I more or less follow them, you know? So for anyone who is super clued in, they would be sitting there going, hang on, Adam, you can't give out a black belt. You're not a second degree black belt. Yeah, they're guidelines. I follow the guidelines, mm. right? Mm. IBJJF states you need to be a second degree black belt to award a black belt, which I'm not. I'm a first degree black belt. Um, anyway, ignore that. Just shh. Just shh. <laughs> uh, Die quietly. Yeah, so you're then looking at the quickest someone could go white to black is what, like six years yeah, or something like that? I think like we that. figured it out. It was or, like six to eight or something, or something like that. Seven or even. Whatever. I mean, it took me eight years to get my black belt. That's like training full time. Yeah. I would say the average person training at a legitimate quality gym and instructor who has standards. Like someone said to me the other day, like, oh man, you sandbag your student. I'm like, no, I just have fucking standards, bro. You know? Don't sandbag, for those who don't know, sandbagging being like holding back your students so they can win competitions. Like, you know, that dude's been a blue belt for 12 years. You know, No, I just have my standards and I don't want to change them. But I would say the average person is like anywhere from like 10 to 15 years, you know, to get a black belt. You heard of this guy who um, he's become very popular and well, not popular, but he's become a little bit well known for achieving his black belt in three years. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? I was talking to someone about it yesterday. Who is it? Uh, some guy like, and he, he's selling, of course it's affiliated with now a, a you know, a, a blueprint system, right? So he's selling like a, his roadmap, how he achieved a black belt in three years in jujitsu. So yeah, I think there's, for me, there's two things to consider. One is, well, did they get their black belt in a time before there were any of these sort of like requirements? So back in the day, the IBJJF didn't have these guidelines in place. I mean, or if you ask them, their rules, right? Mm. But they didn't have these guidelines in place. So a famous one is BJ Penn, who got his black belt in three years. That was before it was a thing for it to take X amount of time. Someone getting their black belt in three years today... Man, like, even if you go, even if you ignore IBJJF requirements, because you go, because you just go, oh, well, they're just an organization. This guy is beating, like, let's say the, I don't know, whatever, like the Hoodalo brothers, right? Who are brown belts, but beating like various black belts. Like, they they compete at a black belt level. There's no, you can't deny that, right? If you're getting your black belt in three years nowadays, you would you would just have to be like that 
you know, an exception, that one exceptional person. Like a, there, there wouldn't be a blueprint you could follow. There's too much to know, man. If you're getting a black belt in three years and you're a legitimate black belt as in winning competitions at a black belt level, yeah, you're that like, you're that one in a million, I believe. You know, the sport's getting way, way too competitive and mm. difficult for you to follow some, you know, I bought this guide online. I'll get my black belt in three years like this dude. No, Yeah, man, and no. He, he did not look very athletic at all. <laughs> he looked um. Like on the advertisement, I he don't looked know. like a one of those personal trainers who's fat and overweight, and you're yeah. like, "Why am I going to learn from you?" Yeah, bro? exactly. And I'm not, you know, I'm not judging on someone's body, but you know, he just didn't look like a one in a million sort of specimen. But yeah. that's just my observation. So but you can't remember his name. Nah. So exactly. last episode, you were all happy to talk shit on Ashton Kutcher, and now this guy, you don't even know his name. <laughs> this guy's definitely not Ashton. <laughs> Which actually, uh, I remembered that I read as well as I, we were preparing for last episode, the episode forty-three. We spoke about the celebrity belt system and that. I read that um, that you know one of our own Australian heroes, Steve Irwin, had trained yeah. a bit of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Man, as far as I'm, give that dude a fucking black belt. He wrestled crocodiles Exactly, for he's so, rolling with, you know, literally rolling with crocodiles. It's like when people talk about like, you know, Khabib or whatever growing up wrestling bears. It's like, this dude grew up wrestling crocodiles, yeah. bro. <laughs> give him a black belt already. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen that. I, <laughs> he I was he takes that. crocodiles' backs daily, you know. Chokes those fuckers out. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so I, I don't, Test for black belt, it's something, you know, if you're getting to that point, at least for me, I don't, you know, you've already proved something. Because even regardless of the belt, like, let's, let's say, let's say I've said this in other episodes. Let's say I look at you and I go, okay, today I've, today is the day I've reached the point where I go, Kieran's ready for a blue belt, deserves a blue belt. I made that decision today. I'll then be like, cool, I made that decision today. I give myself like a buffer. Like I I don't have a set time, like whether it's three months, six months or whatever, but I'll go, okay, I've made the decision today that this person is ready for their next belt. So now that I've made that decision, I wait a little bit more. It's almost like a just to be sure sort of thing. And then if they piss you off in that, if, that grace period, yeah. mm, what's that in 12 months? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's that? You asked about your belt Ooh, oh, 12 months. <laughs> oh. What's that? You like Joe Rogan? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Two years. But <laughs> if ever. But <laughs> but yeah, some, you know, black belt is, you would have already ticked all those things, you know. Um, I know that actually we should have asked Jeremy when he was here. We could have asked Jeremy and JT. So we've had both you know, JT on the podcast, episode 29. And then we had Jeremy, episode 31, both black belts from Lachlan Giles. And I know that Absolute MMA, they do for your black belt test. JT told me it's something like you've got to roll all the other black belts in the gym and beat them all or something like that. I don't like think that. Jeremy did a black belt test. Right. So I think he flew down for the ceremony right. to be awarded his black belt. So he was told like, hey, come down to Melbourne, right. you're getting your black belt. But because because the whole like you got to roll with all the other black belts and tap them to that get your black belt it doesn't me. like I don't get how that works because let's say you've got a gym with twenty black belts how am I as a one dude even if I am phenomenal yeah even if I am but why like, how am I gonna beat all I'm just as the longer it goes on I'm gonna get more and more tired but it doesn't make sense right so if someone's been a black belt for five years or something and you you know you're a fresh black belt they should be better than you right. Well, yeah, but it also just kind of makes me think how back in the day it was, oh, 
to get your purple belt, you have to win worlds at blue belt. You know, so yeah. you'd have like, well, there's eight different weight divisions or whatever. So there's eight new purple belts a year. Like, yeah, you, know, you don't yeah. have to be the best in the world. It yeah. kind of feels like saying like, oh, you not only have to be the best brown belt in the gym, you've got to be better than all the other black belts in the gym to get your black belt. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. So, yeah, it it, compl- it doesn't make sense But to me, JT so. only told me, I'm not taking anything away from absolute MMA. I've yeah. <laughs> mentioned so many times how much, you know, Lockie and Livia do awesome things down there and they're mm-hmm. friends of mine. And I'm just saying, I wish I asked Jeremy or JT more because when JT works, told yeah. me, it was just kind of in in conversation. It just yeah. came up in passing. It was we like didn't sit, story. And yeah, yeah, we didn't sit and talk about the black belt test. Yeah. I would like to know how it actually works. Yeah. Because I don't believe it, it couldn't work like that, right? Like where you just Surely like not. line them up and you have to sub them all. Line them up and knock them down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but- so for the other belts, I do think it's important to belt test. and But I don't belt test everyone. There's three different categories that I put people into that I've mentioned before. Um, and they might overlap or someone might be in all three. You've got competitors. You've got people who want to be instructors. And you've got people who do jujitsu just as a hobby or whatever, right? And yeah, there might be overlap. So you might have someone who does it as a hobby but also wants to teach or a hobby and they compete every now and again or people who are purely competitors or people who compete and want to be an instructor, right? So competitors are pretty much usually the only ones that I won't necessarily belt test. I may belt test them, but yeah, if you're someone that you want to be a successful competitor, then like how can you argue with that your belt has to be semi-dependent on your results? Again, I don't mean you have to be the best white belt in the world to get your blue belt and so on and so on. However, if, yeah, if you're a a, a white belt who has never made it out of the first round, like you've lost your first match of every single competition you've done, but you're telling me that you want to be a high-level competitor, like, I mean, it needs to, you know, there needs to be some correlation between your results and your belts. You right. have a very confused look on your no, face. No, I was just thinking like, have I ever lost the first round? I was like doing the math <laughs> and being like, hmm. I have once. And it was the um, it was my first comp in absolute division in Gi. Uh, and I I lost the first round against the guy that ended up winning. Just had to throw it out there. But he, yeah, that See, was I'm, a really good role. That was really sick. It was really that's good. Uh, that, that, that excuse that people make. Oh, right. <laughs> is Send all, it. is all well and good, but I'm gonna help you change your thought process on it. And this comes from Keenan, Keenan Cornelius. Shoot. So a lot of people will lose, right? Mm. And then they go on to say, like, as if to to ju- not to justify the loss because the competitor doesn't want to lose, but they'll say something like, "Oh, uh, you know, I lost, but I lost to the guy who won." And but Keenan addressed that point this years ago, yeah, and, shoot. and he said. He was like, he goes, that that excuse is bullshit. He goes, if I lose, he's like, I'm only going to lose. Like, if someone beats me, it has to cost them fucking everything. So if you beat me, you are then going to lose your next match because it cost you everything to beat me. Like, I'm not letting, like, if you want to beat me, it is going to be the hardest fight of your life. 
So you're going to have nothing left for your next so match. So to say, yeah, but then he won, you're basically saying, yeah, I was easy and he had plenty of gas in the tank to... Maybe, yeah, you know, but I think that's just a good yeah. mindset, that right? That's a good that, mindset. That, you that know, is, yeah. Yeah, if you want to beat me, bro, like it's going to it's gonna it. cost you 200% of what you've got to give. Yeah. So they're going to be dragging you off the mat. Yeah, you got the W, bro, but you can't even stand now because like that's how hard it was to beat me. Like and that. I think that's a great mindset that's, to have for a competitor. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Keenan for that one. I want to check myself. Yeah. Yeah. So none of this, I lost to the guy who won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck you. I lost the first round. I've uh, got, got, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I was up on points when I lost, um, but he, he ended up getting the, um, an armbar. So. That's all right, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you live and you learn. Yeah, it was, uh, I'd only been training for like three months. And yeah. I, I think about that first competition all the time, hey. Like so thinking, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the way I see it is, you know, I did well. But compared to where I'm at, where I'm at now, if I was to roll with myself, like a clone of myself back then. Smash him, bro. I'd fucking annihilate him. Yeah, you know what course. I mean? Like just Progress. ragdoll him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think about it all the time. Just think, okay, you know, that's that's where I was at, and that's what I was able to achieve. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's why I think about it. It's like when you, uh, I don't know, like I grew up skateboarding, and I don't have any footage. I wish I had footage of when I used to skateboard. I wish you had footage of that as well, dude. I, I mean, I was okay. <laughs> like, no, like I wasn't. I was maybe like a four stripe white belt at skateboarding. Like I couldn't. So you were very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like I, it's not like I could do handrails or anything like that, but I think, you know, I could do like a kickflip down a set of stairs and, you know, I could grind rails that were like, like, like already on the ground, like not a handrail down a set of stairs. Yeah, wow. it, okay. And like, you know, I could do yeah. grinds and I could do airs off ramps and stuff, but yeah, like I wasn't good, but yeah, it's like I remember the reason I don't have any footage is because one of my friends- They that, didn't have cameras back then? <laughs> yeah. This was a while ago. Yeah, we're just recording on like a cassette tape, just the <laughs> audio. <laughs> so the friend that I used to skate with, we used to film skating because we would like want to, you know, make a yeah. little like skate video of us or something. Yeah. And we had had like he used, uh, he had like a good computer and a good camera, like, uh, you know, not nothing compared to like what's sitting here because this was 20 years ago. Uh, but had a good camera and he had a good computer and like a uh, good program. What did he use? He had a Mac. So it was like Final Cut Pro and yep. stuff. And, you know, like we edited this video with music and everything. And because it was just this process we did as teenagers, it got to a point where we pretty much had like I had a, f a three minute clip or something. We all with music, it had a. a the song that we used was Touched by Vast. I don't know if you, if anyone knows that song. Anyway, it's a super cool song. Uh, and we had these like almost finished like little sections. And the reason I'm telling this story is because when we got to a point where we went back and watched it and, you know, we were looking at it thinking, oh, man, I'm so much better at skateboarding now than yeah. I am here yeah. and here and here. So we were just like – we were just like we smoked heaps of weed back then. <laughs> so like high ass and we were like, like no, nah, man, just fucking delete it all. We start again, yeah, right? right. And, and we deleted happened. it all and then like it never happened again. Like yeah. I think uh, – I, I like I broke my arm skateboarding and I just then, you know, I just never kind of got back into it after that. And yeah, yeah so like – you know, the 
cardinal sin of deleting footage, which you uh, you, you never do, right? You never. keep all yeah. your footage. Yeah, but I remember looking back at it being being like, oh, man, I'm so much better than that now. Give, delete that shit. Yeah. But now as an adult, like I wish I had this footage of me as a 15-year-old like skateboarding. Doing a sick grind and shit. Yeah, man, you know. <laughs> With yeah. my with my socks pulled up and like yeah. you know thinking I'm all cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Belt yeah. test. Yeah, so- it was like <laughs> twenty eight minutes Holy and shit. six seconds. We haven't spoken about the belt, belt test. test barely. Okay, so uh, yeah, so competitors I won't necessarily belt test them, right? Uh, because then, or, or I may, I'm just saying I may not, because there needs to be some correlation between your your competition results and your belt. Mm. Uh, but for the other columns, especially someone wanting to be an instructor, the reason I like a belt test is because some, like it puts the student on the spot, right? When you then have to say to someone, oh, show me this. Like if I watch you roll, I've seen you escape side control a million times in a roll. But then if I say like, all right, all right, Kieran, show me a side control escape. Right, like imagine, imagine you're wearing a blue belt and I'm a new white belt, and I've like leaned over to you and I've said like, oh, you know, because I look up to you as a blue belt and say like, oh man, how do I get? Maybe it's an open mat, and I go, oh, Kieran, how do I get out of here? And you're like, Duh, like, hey, you know, so just it's like bench press, yeah. <laughs> so like you're semi put on the spot, right? Uh, of of actually knowing the technique. And the analogy I always give is it's like learning a language. I don't want you just to be a native, like be good at English because you're a native English speaker. I want you to actually be able to explain sentence structure and verb conjugation and all these things in English. The example that I always think of whenever you mention this is one time you were talking, I'm not sure if it was on air, probably was, you were mentioning um, Fabio and how if you were to get a private with Fabio and just work on your hip escape, he could fix things within your Probably, hip escape. Probably, yeah, yeah. You know, because your hip escape is dog That's shit. That's so shit. No, but like <laughs> the, there's like levels within levels. Yeah. And there's details to be learned and to be improved on on all techniques always. Yeah. So that's whenever and even to the point wherever we're doing a warm-up and you're making two lines, you're doing hip escapes down the mat, I'm always like – well, not always, but a lot of the time I'm thinking to do my hip escapes correctly – because Fabio could correct things about them. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. always things to be improved in the basics. Yeah. And um, to your point. Yeah, and like as you make it up the food chain as well, like if you're wearing a blue, a purple belt or a brown belt and you're doing these half-ass hip escapes during a warm-up and then white belts are looking at you and going, okay, that's how you must do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what literally new white belts do. They they stand back, they watch you, they watch the upper belts do the move and they try to mimic them. That's like you literally see it in their eyes, like watching everything ticking over and then trying to, to do it. Or when you're drilling the technique of the day, if you have two white belts t- together drilling and they get confused, they look over to the purple belt, the yeah, blue belt. Right. Like, oh, how's it, exactly how are they doing that? Right. Oh, yeah. right, they do that and that. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. And they go and apply it. Or I'll, I'll ask Joey, like, oh, hey, you know, what do I do here? Or, or Ollie or you know, purple belts. Blue yeah, because the instructor might be helping a different pair. Exactly. And then this other pair on the other side of the mat exactly. is like, so they look to the next closest group who's exactly. got a higher belt or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So like I want to make sure my students know it. Mm. And yeah, you can, maybe you know it because you do it in the heat of the moment in the role, but do you actually know it and understand the technique? You know, uh, if I say to you like, okay, show me, 
five submissions from close guard. Like you've probably hit five different submissions during rolls, but like on the spot, can you actually, do you actually know five submissions? And then do you know how to actually do them properly? Opposed yeah, to just. Yeah, Kieran's like armbar, armbar on the other side. That's two. <laughs> <laughs> triangle, triangle on the other side. I'm That's up to four. four. <laughs> Boom, done. And uh, punch in the face. <laughs> you know, so I want to know that they understand it. In terms of what is included in the belt test, okay, it's going to be different for different gyms, different instructors. Some some gyms, like we said, don't even do belt tests. Yeah. But, you know, there's to there's just like a – for the blue belt test, there's a few overall things, right? There's And it's worth noting that if I'm testing someone for a purple belt or a brown belt, it is – it's the blue belt test and then more on top, mm-hmm. right? So – there's the four fundamental movements of your shoulder roll, back roll, hip escape, technical stand up, right? Because yeah, you might you do them every day in the warm up, but are you actually doing your shoulder roll correctly, diagonally across your back, not hitting your tailbone on the ground? Or well, the hip escape? Oh, yeah. sorry, the um, technical. Are stand-up. you doing the technical stand up properly yeah. with your fingers pointing back and elbow locked out? I remember you know, once like, when we were doing uh, technical stand ups and everyone was doing it wrong, and you like stop the class. All right, guys, technical stand up. Fucking this is how you do it. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's not because I haven't taught it, but I think that's a perfect example of people just getting lazy in warm-ups, right? Just going, ah, technical stand-up, I've done this a million times. And, you know, so they're just being lazy in a warm-up and not doing it correctly. You know, so you've got your fundamental movements. There's always some level of self-defense techniques. Self-defense is a very useful tool in teaching brand new beginners in jiu-jitsu and and you know it's part of where jiu-jitsu is rooted so i think it's important to to understand a bit of self-defense yeah 100%. Uh, you know because it does translate to the real world we had a self-defense episode ages ago it was mm. one of the earlier episodes and you know talk about that sometimes in self-defense it might be someone you don't want to actually hurt you know you might just be wanting to control a person that might be a, a female or it might be a friend who's you know drunk or whatever so self-defense still has its place uh so there'll be your, your core movements there'll definitely be some self-defense there'll be some t- level of takedowns and then you know attacks and defensive movements so you know uh escaping mount or escaping the back or escaping side control it might just be like one escape you know or submissions from side control you know sweep from close guard so it's going to be like multiple things and sometimes it might be yeah show me five submissions from close guard mm. or it might be yeah show me two different ways to escape side control or something like that because i want to actually see that the student understands the technique and the position the next thing that I look for is kind of the quality of it. For a blue belt test, I'm not too concerned about the quality of the technique that they're doing. Like I am, but I'm not, it doesn't need to be 100% perfect. For example, let's say it's like, I don't know, whatever, a, a, a leg drag. I'm like, okay, show me a guard pass. And they, they do a leg drag and they just kind of throw the leg to the other side and go to side control right? I might be like, okay, yeah, fine. That's a leg drag. Then if you were doing your purple belt test, I would want to see the leg drag like executed, like you're filming an instructional DVD. Like I want to see it executed really beautifully and properly. 
Then let's say you're doing your brown belt test. I would want to see it executed just as well as it was at purple belt, if not better. And I would want to, I would want to be able to quiz you on any sort of detail. So I'd want to be able to say, okay, so like, yeah, that looks you visually you did it perfectly, but why, like, why is that grip there? What happens if, if your knee isn't on the mat? What happens if this, like, what, why is it important to do this during that, the past? I would want to make sure like, you know, every little thing. And for an instructor, say you have an instructor yeah, well, out there that's being promoted to, you know, they're a purple belt instructor and uh, you're, they're doing a brown belt test. Well, yeah, I'm going to be even harsher on, right. on that sort of stuff. Even more like, critical. Yeah, because they're, they're going to have students asking them the same question, mm. right? You're going to have students saying like, oh, but what if this happens? What if, what if, what if? You know, I'm, you don't have to have the answer for everything. No one has the answer for everything. Sometimes when, I mean, fuck, it's only really in positions that I'm really familiar with um, and someone asks a what if, and sometimes the answer is, well, you need to back out. If, if, th- if that happens, the position is lost. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if, if that happens, what you're saying, what if you need to escape, you need yeah. to get out of your pass because you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, sometimes the what if isn't, there's no solution. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the, the what if question like, can be really annoying. I mean, I was a what if asker during my years, but I felt like my what ifs were very, um, like they were questions that arose due to already having some level of, of experience in that position yeah. or that technique. So I might be like, oh, Fabio, like you, or like maybe it was a sweep that he had taught before or something. And I'll be like, oh, Fabio, whenever I try this, like in this a happens. role, this happens, yeah. you know, like so I was really yeah. like struggling or I would be like, yeah, I felt like it was – it wasn't as in – the what ifs that annoy me are when the what if is just so removed from the actual technique. What if know? your opponent only has one leg? Yeah, so, yeah, and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, for fuck's know. sake. Yeah. He'll hook the other leg then, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. It'll be something like, you know, I'm, I don't know, like you're doing a butterfly sweep. And, oh, but what if he stands up? Well, then it's not fucking butterfly guard anymore, bro. Like you go to a different position. Like, no, what if he doesn't stand up? You know, like uh, I felt like my what ifs were a bit more like, you know, something like, okay, what if he stands up halfway through the sweep or something, you know? And then the answer is like, oh, well, he should only be able to because you lost control here. Okay, cool. Or like, like, oh, you're going to transition to this. Like, yeah, the what if, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I try to ask – you. I ask a lot more questions when I'm familiar with the position, like you said, because if it's brand new, then you don't have enough experience to really ask a considered question. If that makes sense, yeah, like yeah, if, yeah you don't. You're if not you've making never practice the position. You don't know. You really don't know what. It's kind of like someone making a guess or yes. making an educated guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's like your 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 question is founded in some level of experience, experience. even if yeah. it is very minimal. Mm. At least it's some you know, but when it's just like a brand new technique and you're that dude who trains once a week and it's like, what if, oh, man, just take my word for it. Yeah. <laughs> just do that meme yeah, where you yeah, come up. <laughs> you put your finger, finger on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But I think if, if anyone is, I know some gyms who, who give the student their blue belt test prior to the test um oh okay like study that well, yeah. yeah um okay 
so, you know, if if the title of the episode is what to study for your blue belt test, well, if they give you the test, study that. And if they um, don't, there is uh, Alliance actually has, and I've spoken about this ages ago, but Alliance does have freely available to download the blue belt test that- Do they? Know, yeah, online. Yeah, 100%. Hang because on. I was let, watching- I was Let watching, me find it and I'll tell you- how accurate legit. it is. Yeah, that would be good. Actually, live on air. Alliance. So the the way I found it or learnt about it is I was watching some other um, YouTuber, um, sort of similar position to me. He's now blue belt, but he was talking about how to study for a blue belt test. And um, where, where, that's, what, that's what he studied off. He studied off the Alliance blue belt test available online. And Ben, a blue belt at our gym, he was telling me a little while ago that he was doing the same and it's, he found it online. It's a free available PDF to download. Um, and I was just curious because, you know, our gym is Alliance. We are Alliance affiliate. If you were aware of it or utilize that in any way, shape or form, I think it's pretty extensive, but yeah, there you go. You can get the so this Alliance is, test. Did you find it? Well, so for example, like I just, the first one that came up was that one that someone had posted on Reddit. Okay. I mean, it's fine for a blue belt test. It's um, it's not. I mean, Alliance has a standardized blue belt test, uh, which I take, and then I've added more onto it. Okay. Uh, so it's a good place to start. So for ex- yeah, like again, like I use it as a guideline. Yeah, right? and that's um, I think that's freely so- available on our Patreon. From what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to our Patreon to get finally free. we got Patreon people <laughs> <laughs> to get a free free access to the blue belt test that Adam utilizes. Um, but yeah, in terms of is this the base blue belt test that I've added things to? No. Okay. Uh, but that's just one that I've I've clicked on. Right. So I don't know where where it was downloaded from. Like where you said you could download the PDF, but mm. but anyway, like. Uh, if they give you your the blue belt test and the go here study this cool I don't do that why because I I believe it takes a lot of um, responsibility off my shoulders to do that if I'm if I'm doing a good enough job as an instructor and I've asked someone to test for a belt then they should have had access like they should have learned everything that I'm going to ask from them at some point it's kind of like when you do a, a, a test or an exam in school or u- university or whatever, you're not handed the test and said like, here, study this. You just know that anything that you have learned in that semester could be, may or may not be in the test, right? Mm. And the Based teacher the assessment has- criteria. Yeah, the, 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 the professor has given you that information at some stage, right? But he didn't hand you a piece of paper and like, this is what you need to know. Mm. right you just know that it came up at some point in that mm. semester so i feel like handing but the test out freely you're never actually correct me if i'm wrong here unless it's a very basic position in the blue belt test you never actually like show me a leg drag you're not going to be like that you're going to be like uh, show me a guard pass of your choosing yes. or show me multiple yeah. unless it's something like show me um i don't know uh Fuck, what would be a the only basic? The only specific techniques that I'll ask for are specific self-defense, self-defense techniques. techniques yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, dog shit out. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I'm not going to be like, show me a leg lock, yeah. right? Or show me 
a, Show a me triangle. an inside heel hook from Ashigami. Yeah. And an origami swan. <laughs> Stupid names and shit. Yeah. So, you know, I, f- I feel like that that takes a lot of the responsibility off the instructor's shoulders that they're like – that the instructor doesn't have to make sure – They've taught it because – They've taught it yeah. because they're then going to hand them a bit of paper and go, study this, right? And yeah. like, but you've never taught me that. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, right? Ask someone else, yeah. right? Uh, so if they don't hand you a test, sounding like a bit of a broken record, but like – as testing for a blue belt, think about the core positions, right? So you've got like, do you know some uh, – the same advice that I give as to someone who's really lost in the whole rolling experience and they find themselves in positions with no idea what to do, just simplify it, right? But for the blue belt test, think about you've got your your core movements, your front roll, back roll, hip escape, technical stand-up. You've got your self-defense uh, techniques, which are the specific techniques, right? And then from there, think about the the core positions. Do you know any takedowns? What do you know from close guard, top and bottom, half guard, top and bottom, side control, top and bottom, uh, back back control, uh, attacking and defending? Like, you know, what do you know from these positions? Because chances are the test will involve probably at least one thing from all of those. It's going to want probably at least one way to open close guard. Probably at least one sweep or submission from close guard. One way to pass half guard or one way to sweep from half, you know? Like it's definitely going to want to know can you, how do you escape side control, how do you escape mount, how do you escape the back. So you can, if you're not sure what to study, make sure you know something from all of those positions. Better yet, know multiple things, right? Because my advice is to learn one thing from each of those positions for a complete beginner. If you're going to be about – if you're moments away from wearing a blue belt, you should know multiple things from there, right? So that would be my advice as to what to study if you don't know, like if, if they don't hand you the test. That makes sense. Right? For your self-defense techniques, you may need to ask someone, you know, because yeah. they're usually – across most gyms, if self-defense techniques are in your belt tests, they're usually quite specific. You know, and different self-defense techniques and ways to do them will will depend on the the gym and the instructor. So, in terms of uh, actually studying this sort of stuff, you you would recommend drilling it with maybe find a drilling partner that's similar level, maybe doing the test at the same time. Get together, drill it, go from there. Yeah, like if if you don't have the time to drill it, fucking make time, bro. Mm. You know, like like it's it's a test, like any test. You know, you should probably study for it. And if you don't, you might fail. Yeah. Right? Like, I was just thinking that. I I was curious to to hear if anyone's like, you know, failed their blue belt test. I'm, I'm sure people, many, many, many people have, but yeah. Yeah, people probably have like, I mean, I haven't failed anyone. Mm. I mean, no. So I haven't failed anyone for a belt test, but I, I'm usually quite, confident in them before i even invite someone to belt test i'm usually pretty pretty confident in where they're at cool you know so it's it's just to some extent like the cherry on top if you will like i'm really just wanting to make sure they they know things i think for me it's maybe more important like a a brown belt test is more important than a than a blue belt test if you will because then that's when i'm 
it's much harder. That's the last test, right? Yeah, it's the last test. Like that's really like you could have hypothetically failed your blue belt test, right? But then like, you know, it's really the brown belt test that you can make that up from blue to brown. Like as long as you pass that brown belt test, like that's really the the one that, like you said, it's the last test. So that's the hardest one. It's the lengthiest one. It's the one that's going to be way stricter on what you know and the the quality of, of your techniques and whether you pass or fail. Because then I'm not going to test you for your black belt, right? How long... How long are you going to test someone for your brown belt? Or how long was your brown belt test? Like how long did it take? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, man, I can't remember. It was so long ago. But I can tell you that just a blue belt test will take like maybe 45 minutes to an hour. I think my brown belt test maybe took like an hour and a half or something yeah. like that. Nice. Quite a while. And this was, you know, my brown belt test that I did would be outdated by by what's changed in jujitsu, right? So for, for example, right, the, what I, just to give you an example of what I've added to, to the belt tests. So I've added as part of the core movements, <clears throat> I, in my blue belt test, I've also got like inverting in there because it's just such a fundamental movement nowadays. doesn't mean it's easy, but the way the sports evolved, right? I, I think inverting is just a fundamental movement. It's not a day one fundamental movement. Like I don't on someone's first day be like, you need to know this because some people that start jujitsu and maybe they're overweight or, you know, like it's not, it's foreign to be upside down on the back of your neck and shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Takes some getting used to. So it's not a day one fundamental movement, but it's definitely should be as if you're going to be wearing a blue belt, like, Inverting in, like how we invert in lines for warm ups mm. should be like very you do without thinking about it, right? Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. Like I mean, I remember like I always say to people, it doesn't mean it's an easy movement to learn. Like once you can do it, it's easy. Doesn't need to be easy for it to be considered basic. And I remember when you started, you struggled with it for a while, but yeah. now like you just invert like you could do it just without thinking about it, yeah. right? As a warm up. Yeah, easy, easy. I remember uh, I got uh, uh, yeah right yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I got um I got a couple of privates with Jeremy Skinner and uh, I remember for like what what <laughs> he just jumped over the table started strangling me uh, I got a couple of privates uh, with Jeremy my you know for the first like six months of me training and uh, one of our privates for like the first 20 minutes of it was based around how to invert yeah <laughs> it was I was like dude I can't invert he's like all right let's let's fix that Oh, didn't you have a prick on YouTube comment on one of your videos? Like oh, ripping yeah. On, ripping on you or ripping on me or something? like invert and w- like- Was it like yeah. a- What was it about? They yeah, said like, all like, you said, all yeah, you you said was to invert. invert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You lost like me that. at invert or something. Or like he was basically trying to discredit you because you were talking about inverting and his his response, because I was confused about it. I asked him like, what do you mean? Sorry, invert? Question mark. Like just being respectful. Like maybe he knows something I don't. And he was basically saying that- um, in his experience, uh, this guy, I think it was a blue belt, in his experience of five years of training or whatever, everyone that inverts gets smashed. And oh, you and I were like, oh, right. okay. But what, was, but what was his like angle? Like he was arguing with that, us yeah, about- Yeah, so you try oh, to invert the, the pe- Oh, sorry, it was off saying um, people who only train twice a week. Yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah. And he, was, even, he said, I've been to multiple gyms and- uh, in my experience, the guys who only train twice a week are, are the, the toughest of them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the best. It's like, oh, uh, 
Bro. I spoke I, to Jeremy about this. I asked him what his his opinion was because I was uh, film, we were filming. So, so what? So what that guy's saying is anyone who trains more than twice a week is actually being detrimental to their jujitsu. Oh, in a in Oof. a roundabout way, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I spoke to Jeremy and I was like, hey, you know, ask him about the twice per week thing, and he's like, yeah, look, I think people that defend, you know, training twice per week is going to make you progress is the people that are doing that right so they're, yeah, they're just yeah, trying yeah. to defend the position it's yeah. it's like a human nature thing to you know you offer something that's counter to what someone's doing and what someone believes in and that you know disrupts their worldview they're going to defend that so that's all it is like yeah. they're just being defensive and you know because you've hit a nerve right because they know deep down that they could be doing more they they're not progressing the way they could be and um you know and he, he was in complete agreements when you just said that like the um that they they know they could be doing more. Mm. I'm gonna wrap this episode up with what I I'm not someone who like lives by quotes or mantras, but I'll give you like a, a saying or something that I've heard, and I think it's probably one of the the heaviest sort of mantras or sayings that that like it's quite deep, and I think it's really really strong. And for anyone who is not making the time to study for their blue belt test, or doesn't think they need to test, or only wants to train twice a week, think about this. It go it, it goes something along the lines of uh, my my biggest fear in life is that when I die, the man I became comes face to face with the man that I could have been. You know, and I think that's like. Man, imagine if when you died, you had to stand across from the person and go, I could have been that dude. Like as in like if I had worked a bit harder or if I, you know, didn't quit at that point, like that's like, you know, it's like when people think about, you know, they're like, oh man, I could have like won that or I could have, you know, I could have been a doctor if I, or I could have. Well, imagine if you literally like the last thing you did when you died was you met the could have been. Yeah. Like yeah. that'd be pretty shattering, right? I've heard something like pretty much the same along the lines of taking it like a step further and saying like that's the definition of hell. Like when if you go to like hell, right, hell right. is when you die, you stand across from the person that you you could have been. Yeah, right. And like right. the the person that made all the right decisions at those important junctures of your life or or even made all the 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 quote unquote right decisions every day. You know, because you know, fuck, you go through your life and you get lazy or whatever, you, your discipline's not there and you decide to take the easy path or you don't do what you know you should be doing. If you do that on a day-to-day basis, those changes add up over time and the person that you could have been, the alternate version of you that did make the right decisions consistently is, you know, you have to stand face-to-face with them when you die and it's the, the version of yourself you could have been and that's the definition of hell. I think a philosopher talks about this. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before and it definitely... It's pretty heavy. It is heavy and yeah. it's true. And like, so you need to be training jujitsu every day. Otherwise <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll go to hell. That's what yeah, I'm getting out of this. Two, it's two times a week, dude. You can suck it. You're a yeah. loser. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Better than nothing, bro. Better yeah. than nothing. But yeah, anyway, thanks for listening, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, so blue belt test. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good way to make sure students actually know mm. what they're doing, especially if they want to go on to become an instructor or something like that. Yeah. But and even if you're a hobbyist, like, you know, you want to, you want to be wearing that blue belt knowing you deserved it. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Even if you're studying some trivial sort of subject that 
you're just interested in, chances mm. are at the end of the course or whatever, there's probably some level of a test, right, mm. that may not matter whether you pass or fail, but if you want, you know, yeah. that little certificate or whatever, yeah. it's just a test, bro. Yeah, and I think w- what's worse than failing a blue belt test is having a blue belt when you know that you should, probably shouldn't. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Being an undeserving. That doesn't leader. mean you have to do a test to deserve one. Like yeah, I said, of course, I don't, of course. sometimes like I'll forgo tests for whatever reason, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't test for my blue belt or purple belt or black belt, right? I only mm. did one belt test and it was my brown belt test. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like you don't want to be wearing it and thinking you don't deserve it. Yeah. And on that note, if you want to earn your blue belt, the best way to do that is to subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Patreon. We are uh, Beyond Jiu Jitsu Podcast on Patreon. I'm going to I'm gonna log into it and you're the only <laughs> subscriber. You've subscribed to our own Patreon. And just one comment. Where's my, where's my belt, <laughs> where's bro? Where's my blue belt? Yeah. <laughs> Can't find it here. Uh, yeah. Or you could get one on Jiu Jitsu Online Academy. Yep. Uh, and if you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram at Beyond Jiu-Jitsu underscore podcast for all your Beyond Jiu-Jitsu fix. Go there. Until next time. Peace out. Peace out.